Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Last week I tried to make you understand that when you talk about the world and how it came into being, there are three primary needs of every human being. Three primary needs. And I did mention that those primary needs are the things that man really needs to survive. So man survived on the earth with some three primary needs. And those needs are supposed to be provision, which has to do with food, clothing, and shelter. I mentioned that. I also did mention protection, which means... Um, Talking about defense from adversaries. And then the third need is pleasure. It got to do with things that gives him joy and happiness. I said these are the three primary needs of every man. In fact, for humans on the face of the earth. And uh, before the fall, all these things were actually made available in the garden. Critical study will reveal that to you that before the fall, all these things were available in the garden. They were in abundance, if I may use the word. Now, the first man that built the city, like we mentioned before, left the presence of God, like we read in Galatians chapter 4, 16 through 17. He left the presence of God, and that was supposed to be Lamech, the son of Cain. You remember that very well. And then we did mention also in 1 John chapter 3 verse 12, the Bible tells us that 1 John 3 and verse number 12, Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. And this was the only reason why he killed Abel, like we said before. But the key point is the preposition of is from the Greek word, which means out of. That is to say, Cain came out of the wicked one. Amen? Cain came out of the wicked one. That's what he's saying there in 4 John 3 verse number 12. Hallelujah. But we do know that now, don't forget, when you talk about of the wicked one, it means the wicked one is the source from which came, came forth. Right? That is to say, the wicked one gave birth to Cain. That's what he's saying there. Hallelujah. Now, we know that the parents of Cain were actually Adam and Eve. Is that not true? Right. So how come it's been referred to as the seed of the serpent? Because that's the point now. Came is of the wicked one. How did he become a son to the wicked one? When Adam and Eve gave birth to him and gave birth to Abel. It is simply because it was a product of the fallen man, like I keep emphasizing, which are the seed from his parents. The seed of the serpent, as a matter of fact. Hallelujah. Is the nature of the fallen man. Now, let me explain this again. I made us to understand that once Eve partook of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, the seed of the serpent was sown into the life of Eve. Are you with, are you with me? Right. So now, when Abel, who was supposed to be the righteous seed, was killed, the only seed that was available or left for Adam and Eve was the product of the serpent in the life of Eve. And so, Eve, the Bible says, is the mother of all living. That is, all human beings... Proceed from Eve is the mother of all human beings. Hallelujah. 
I made us understand in time past that one of the major reasons why the serpent had to go to Eve was because Eve was the womb of the man who carries the ideas, the thoughts, the generation to come of Adam were embedded or supposed to be produced or brought forth through the womb of the woman. So when once the woman's womb is corrupted, then Adam's seed is corrupted. Are you there with me? I try to explain this to you again, but that was one of the reasons also you find that Abimelech in Genesis 20 could not go into Sarah. Because Sarah was a type of Mary. The womb of Sarah has to be preserved for Isaac, who is a type of Jesus. Did you get that? Good. So God had to withheld Abimelech not to corrupt the seed or the womb of Sarah, because out of that womb shall comfort Isaac, which is a type of Jesus. God had only one son, and the Bible actually said Abraham had just bought one son. And somebody will say, no, he had two sons. No, he had one son. Genesis 22 said that clearly. God said, take thy son and thy only son. He didn't say choose out of the two. Are you there with me? Take thy only son. So, Abraham is a type of God, if you will. Isaac, a type of Jesus. God had no two children. Therefore, Abraham had no two children. He had but one son. Is it making sense? Now, so for that seed to come out of Sarah, the womb of Sarah has to be preserved. Just like the womb of Mary was preserved. Praise the living God. So, when the womb of Eve got corrupted, we had this, this seed or the seed of the serpent injected into the thought, the soul of Adam. Because a woman is actually the soul of a man. Now, Cain is of the wicked one, meaning the seed that was sown by the serpent produced Cain. So Cain came out of that injection that got into the woman. And all men begin to follow the pattern or the way, if you will, of Cain. By reason of the seed of the serpent. Now, this is why you read in Mark chapter 7, reading from verse number 18. Mark 7 from verse number 18. Hallelujah. And he has said unto them, are ye so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entered into the man, it cannot defile him? Smell what you eat. Now, the argument was washing of hand before they eat. And Jesus said, it's not what comes into you that defiles you, it's what comes out of you. And here we say, Verse 19, because he entered not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drought, purging all meat. In other words, what you eat, you give it out. And he said, verse 20, that will come out of the man that defileth the man. So, what is that that defiles the man? Verse 21, for from within, and this is why you also find that the kingdom of God is within. Because the place where the control of man had always been, had been in the hearts. And so for the kingdom to be established, he has to be established in the heart of man. So the kingdom of God is within you. Replacing all that was defiling you. Are you following this? For by within, out of the heart of man, proceed what? Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness. Now, first of all, look at that. 
For from within, out of the heart of men. If you look at that, you discover that. It ought to be hearts of men. The men are plural. So why is the heart singular? Did you notice anything there? Now, in, in just reading casually, you can notice what I'm trying to tell you. But there's so much importance laid on this by the Spirit. All men have the same heart. Because the same seed is in every man. So it's one heart. Are you there with me? From out of within the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulterated fornication, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil high pride and blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Verse 23 said, All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So what defiles a man is from within, not from without. Are you there with me? Are we together? This is why when they ask Jesus the question, when will the kingdom of God come? Luke 17, 21. Remember that? And he said the kingdom come in all with observation. Now that we just only hear all over there, for the kingdom of God is within you. Why? Because Ephesians 2, verse number 2, first of all, reading from verse number 1, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, You were dead in sin and trespasses, has it quickened. And you had it quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now look at the next verse. Who, where in time past he walked according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the earth, the spirit that now walketh in the children. It is the spirits, the spirit, that same thing that defines the man, which is the thing that has to do with the heart. The one spirit that Cain walked with is in every man who have never had God. So once in a while we were in this state, the Bible now said, but now we have been quickened. Now go with me if you will. Matthew 12, verse 28. Matthew 12, verse 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then what? The kingdom of God is come unto you. The rule of God, the dominion of God, the authority of God, the controlling factor of God is coming to your life. By implication, the seed of the serpent was controlling you in your heart. But now, that spirit has been cast out. That is where the spirit lodges. It lodges in your heart. Jesus cast it out by his Holy Spirit and is now replaced by God's Holy Spirit. So what's the next thing? You now have the kingdom of God within you. Are you following it now? We're not talking about the rule of God. Praise the Lord. So again, you go back to Genesis 6 verse number 5. So the man that has not received the kingdom power, the authority of the kingdom, is still being controlled by the spirit of the prince of the air, the spirit that now walked in the children of disobedience. And again, that is factored within the heart. Genesis verse number 5. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great on the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only what? Evil continually. You notice that? Are we here? Now don't forget, this is where man begins to multiply on the face of the earth. And God is saying, this is what man looks like. So you go with me to Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9. Revelation 12, verse number 9. I'm still trying to give you the source. The origin of that which the children of Lamech finally did. Where he came from. 
Revelation 12 verse number 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now you look at this picture. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. How come that a simple, single serpent became a dragon? Because that single seed that finally got through came, began to multiply in the heart of every man. So the simple, single serpent grew and became a dragon. Now, I'll show you how God used that to illustrate to us the nature of the fallen man and wickedness in the high place, if you will. Ezekiel 29, verse number 3. Ezekiel 29 verse number 3 Speak and say Thus saith the Lord God Behold I am against thee Pharaoh king of Egypt The great dragon That lieth in the midst of his rivers Quick has said My rival is mine own And I have made it for myself Now This is describing the wickedness Of king Pharaoh and it's referred to as what? A dragon. It's describing his level of wickedness as at when he was in power. But look at Isaiah 27 verse number 1. That's the wickedness the heart of men. Be referred to as a dragon. Isaiah 27 verse number 1. In that day the Lord with his sword and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. And now this is talking about Christ. Destroying the power of the seed that is man. The sea is not speaking of Antlogical Ocean. The sea is speaking of a multitude of people who have not received the Spirit of God into their lives. They are referred to as sea. You find in the book of Jude, find in the book of Second Peter. Praise the living God. Are you there? When you talk about crooked serpents, you should be able to understand. When you talk about piercing serpent, you should be able to understand. It pierced through the heart. It wolves, sliming. You know how snake walks. Which has had to do with deception and craftiness. And the Lord said, I'm going to destroy the crooked serpent. Now, if you watch, help me, Lord. The one punished Leviathan. Leviathan was like a sea monster. But if you take time to study that word, it's two words that are joined together Levi and Ethan. So I'm going to destroy the spirit of religion. That is tied to the priesthood of Levi. <laughs> Hallelujah. A Leviathan from Levi, you have Leviathan. I'm going to destroy religion. All things that are corrupt and are corrupting the source of man. In the name of religion, I'm going to destroy them. That's Leviathan of the priesthood. That which is joined. Levi actually means joined. Amen. Are you there with me? Praise the Lord. Sometimes when you read this thing, you find some interesting thing coming out of it. So, that is what he's saying. So God is saying, I'm going to destroy that. You see? And that's what he's doing today. When truth is being revealed, religion is being destroyed. Are you there with me? Right. I'm going to destroy that deceiving, outfelt, which is called religion. That union, that Levi, <laughs> that Leviathan. In the midst of the sea, the crooked, deceptive spirit, I'm going to destroy them. So that the sons of God may be set free. Praise the living God. And so, this spirit moved on from Cain to the sons of men, all down through the line. And we read about Limech. And again, so we go now to Genesis 4 again, 17. And then, we just move on. We read this last week, but let's just take it so that we can follow. Verse 17. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. 
and build that a city and call the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. Amen. Okay. Now, you know, verse 18, we talk about the birth of Lamech. So just move on to verse 19. And Lamech took unto him two wives, the name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. Another about Jabel, and he was the father of such that dwelt in tents, and of such that have cattle. And his brother's name was Juba, he was the father of such as handled the harp and organ. And then Zillah, she also bare Tubakin, and instructed of every artificer in brass and iron. And the seeds of Tubakin was Nama. Okay, we said this last week. So here we find out that the product of Cain which is now Limech to Limech, by whom he is now having the seed of the serpent. Because king finally gave birth to Limech in the lineage now. Are you there with me? And the seed of the serpent, no, remember, when he said, for, for John 3, 12, say king of the wicked one, automatically Limech is of the wicked one. Is that okay? Right. So now we find out that he has three sons, we can define that a man's own system of the three needs or essentials of man. Remember, we are saying man has three basic needs. And what are they? Provision, protection, pleasure. Is that alright? Okay. So we said in verse 20 of Genesis 4, the Bible said Jabal was the father of ten dwellers and cattle men. And we say cattle and Tents are for the supply of mortal man's living and therefore belong to the category of provision. Is that okay? Right. Again, we find that Jabba represents man's own efforts apart from the life of God to make provision for himself. That is the excess of the whole thing here. Hallelujah. But we do know that God's provision for man. From the very beginning, included even the tree of life. That was the means of the garden. There was provision for man. The tree of life, as we know, was supposed to be united with the Father and it being our total supply. So we don't understand for once that at least in the beginning, God revealed himself to man as his provider. He's a provision. He made provision for man. From the very beginning, he made himself available to man through the tree of life. So that in union with that, you may have all the supply that you are supposed to have. The supply was there. But when Cain left the presence of God, he had to find a means to be able to get the supply for himself. Are you following this? Praise the Lord. If you look at Psalm 23, verse number 1. The Bible said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Huh? Are we together? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Meaning, right from the very beginning when God made man, He was His shepherd. Meaning, he was providing for man. But when man left his presence, he started looking for means to survive, independent of God. But David saw the revelation. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And he goes on to say, my cup runneth over. How I many of you remember that? He's talking about food supply. <laughs> Even when he said, the Lord is my portion. What he meant to say also was, is he had the revelation of what it means to be connected to God. When scripture said, when David began to say, the Lord is my portion, right? What he meant to say was, this is, this is, the, this is the I accept. When they went, when they got to the promised land, and they were sharing the land for each of the families, the Levites were not to have any land. Because the priests, which are delivered now, they belong to God. And every tithe that came to God belongs to the Levites. 
Are you following what I'm saying here? So when the scripture said the, the Lord is my portion, David was trying to say, I don't need any physical thing. I need just but God. And if I have God, I have all things. You got a meaning now? That's what it means when he said, the Lord is my portion. In the land of the living, if you will. Amen? So you could struggle for the land, you could struggle for, you know, whatever. In fact, when he said the land are falling to me in places and places, he's saying the same thing. That when you share the land, you know, the land is falling to me in places and places. The portion that I have is God himself. God gave me that portion. I'm not going to be dragging portions with you. That's a revelation of the man that knows that God is all total supply. Did you understand that? So David was speaking as if he was a priest. And how are we today? We're a royal priesthood. But because we don't have this understanding, we can't even confess fully this scripture to say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We are unable to even confess it. Even if we do, it is like, what do you, out of service, what, what a close church, what do you call that thing? Benediction? Yeah, it's benediction. But it's not a benediction, it's a revelation. Of somebody who got to know that God is my only source of supply. Hallelujah. So, man moved on to set up the spiritual supply instead of trusting God. Yet that of today, in that which we can see as a kind of religious system, with all the rituals and ceremonies, ordinances, programs, all these things are designed to feed God into man. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I say there. We do all this program to get God into man. So it's like we're trying to say, God is not a man. We want to infuse God into man. That's what religion is all about. So they teach you how, you know, but the true sense is this, you are not separated from God. Your new birth is an awakening of your true self. Hallelujah. All religion, if I'm of the bold to say, is the invention of man in his effort to meet man's spiritual need. And that's the truth. Apart from the flow of the Spirit of God. You see, John made a statement. Right? Remember, and I will come to that. We must understand this. Multitude of men, every one of us, We've not been able to come to this understanding of the reality of God's life that is contained within man. We've not come to that reality. We've not come to that understanding. And so, we minister through creed, touch not, eat not, so that man can come into man. I mean, into God. God can come into man. Everyone living in this realm are far away, in the true sense, from the Christ that is within us. Hallelujah. Can we look at Colossians? Like, come back here. Colossians 3, verse number 4, or 3 and 4, if you will. Colossians 3. Look at verse 3, and the verse 4. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And the next thing, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him where? In glory. Now, religion can't furnish you with this. But the reality of it is, Christ is within you. And Christ is actually your life. Hallelujah. Man's religion is of the world. For it's outside of the Spirit of God. It's not of God because it's not of the Spirit of God. Nor by that which is called the anointing. It's not. 
everything man is doing to satisfy his soul is outside of the spirit of God and therefore is of the world. No matter what you call it. Even if that could you call Christianity. If you cannot come to the conscious awareness of the Christ within you, you are still in religion. Even if you are calling the Bible. Hallelujah. You may quote the scriptures, but don't forget what Jesus said. The later kill it, but the spirit give it life. Until you come to that understanding that Christ is resident within you, you cannot have the supply of the spirit. You will still be wondering and moving in religious circles. And so that was the provision that man made for himself. Religion. To satisfy his hunger and taste for God. Because no matter what, every form of religion on the face of the earth is a means to seeking God. Am I correct? Man is hungry. He needs his reserve, which is God, resident within man. Now we find the second son, Juba. Bible says he was the father of that hand or the half an organ, which is music. This is the realm of pleasure, as we play the half an organ for pleasure and inspiration. This worldly aspect is fulfilled spiritually in that which is seen today in social activity and even in religion, as well as much as music programs. Sermonizing of which is designed to be pleasant, acceptable, and entertaining to the people. Somebody once spoke to me, sent me a message. He listened to one of my messages and through another friend. He said, I love this man teaching, but he's so serious, he has no humor. That is to say, I'm not a comedian. Hallelujah. But I think I do laugh. Do I not laugh? Maybe he hasn't listened to my messages. I'm sure. He just listened to one. He said, This man is so serious. Now, we think we have to make people laugh all the time when we come to church. Yes, I, I do make you laugh. You laugh also. But it's not the focus. So, when we bring in comedians to church, we bring in music. How many of you understand we have fellowship or churches today where they go to and they can have good time for comedy, you can have good time for music, you can have good time for this, and the world is 10 minutes. Have you, have you seen that? The world is 10 minutes. And tell me, that's to tell you how religion has crept into true worship. The emphasis is on entertainment. The emphasis is on pleasing man. So the spirit is just, I mean, the soul is what is at work, not the spirit. Hallelujah. So everything today is entertainment rather than revelation, fear, holy brokenness, the drink at the internal fountains of living water that flow from the inner man. In John 7 37, Jesus made a strong statement about what it should be. There was a feast, and he was there, and the Bible saying, in the last day, John chapter 7 verse 37, in the last day of that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of the belly shall flow rivers of what? Living water. But this is spake here of the Spirit, which they believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Out of him shall flow rivers of living water. You are supposed to live by this living water that flows in your life. Hallelujah. What, what is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? How much of the Spirit do you commune with? 
How does the Holy Spirit influence the things you do? Think about that. Hallelujah. Are we here? Men have left the reality. We are all just in the circle of entertainment and religion. We do that which pleases our senses, our soul, but we are not in tune with the Holy Spirit, with the source of living, the very waters of life. No, we don't have a relationship with that. So we are all in a religious circle. Praise the living God. You see, the purpose of the fivefold ministry in Ephesians chapter 4 and 11 tells us precisely. It's for the equipping of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints. Equipping and perfecting until they come to the full measure of the stature of Christ. How does entertainment bring you to that? How does comedy bring you to a place of perfection? Are you here with me? Now, do you watch comedy? Why not? I want to relax sometimes. Oh, yes. Even with the children who watch comedy, just laugh and relax, ease myself up. But I'm not saying, come to church and give me comedy. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? Here we try as much as possible. The role of the Bible ministry is so imparting to you the life of Christ that you begin to swim in that river. That God has deposited in your life. You dine with Christ. Glory to God. Look at the book of Psalm 16 verse 11. So the five of ministry. We are no longer doing what we are supposed to do. We are not equipping the saints. We are not bringing them to the place of maturity. place of perfection. I was sharing something a few days ago with... With pastor in the office, you know, can you imagine God speaking in Genesis chapter 17 and speaking to Abraham? Abraham, walk with me and be the prophet. That's the man that already got revelation. But he said, walk with me and be the prophet. God was still saying, it's like saying, come up here. Get out of this realm of your thinking. Praise God. And so he's saying, I come into a place of perfection. What that supposed to be? Place of maturity. Full sonship. Psalm 16 verse 11 Thou will show me the path of life In thy presence is what? The fullness of joy At the right hand There are pleasures forevermore You're looking for pleasure? It's in the right hand of God <laughs> Hallelujah You're looking for something that excites you You want to, you want to <sighs> Have you ever laughed on the Holy Ghost once? Just laughing at the Holy Ghost. Huh? I mean, do you feel happy? You don't know why you are happy? Sometimes? Have you experienced that? What gives you joy? It's a question. What really gives you joy? What excites you? That's what we're saying. Jubakin. He invented what would make man happy at the expense of the Spirit of God. But I'm saying the Spirit of God can give you the greatest of joy and happiness you can ever have. Hallelujah. I must begin to let you know that even in the season that we are, God is raising the people who find joy in the presence of God. We find happiness in the presence of God. For the right hand of the Lord, there's not only fullness of joy, but pleasure forevermore. What gives you joy? I mean, when you handle your Bible, do you feel excited? When you tune in your television, what exactly are you looking for? What gives you joy? That will tell you how much of the Spirit you have received. That will tell you how much of communion you have with the Spirit. If what gives you joy is not the Spirit, it's not relating to the Spirit, it's not relating to God's kingdom, if that is what gives you joy, you are actually walking in the spirit of Jubakim. 
Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So, we are looking at the people today who God is raising. And the excitement is the things of God. They are moving back to that heavenly state, that Edenic realm, where they have fellowship with God, where they seek nothing external to make them happy. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Now the third son, now the second son was Juba, the third son was Juba King. Again, we, we said Juba King is a man that invented every artificer and brands and iron instrument. And this is man's defense system. Man's protection outside of God. On the natural level, the armament, instrument of war you see all over the nation today are the result of the spirit of Jubakin. Hallelujah. You see how man, um, have you heard about submarines? Ships that can go right into the sea, walk on for a long time, come up on the other side and begin to shell. All of these equipments are the products of Jubakin, the spirit of Jubakin, still working in the world. All of those things like martial arts. Have you heard about martial arts? What about Kung Fu? You know what's Kung Fu? You seen that before? <laughs> you know anybody called Bruce Lee? All of those things are nothing but the spirit of Juba King. They are method for self-defense. What about handguns? You see your children? Have you seen that? You're laughing now. I think you have one. <laughs> they go, you go to the market and your children say, buy me gun. You understand that? They buy them gun and when they come to the house, they won't allow you rest. They hide under the chair, come on. Now they are shooting. All those hand gun stuff, the man carry, keep people on the street, wherever, is for stealing self-defense spirit of Jubakin. Every other offensive device is used for self-protection pertain to this category of the spirit of Jubakin. So what is that supposed to be? Ignorantly, to be honest, we just have left the power and the sufficiency of the indwelling spirit. That's why we look for external defense. Religious men are not relying on programs and formulas. Now, we've come to the place where <laughs> you have to have olive oil to defend yourself from witches and wizards. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You have to have aprons that you tie. You have to have bangles that carry the name of your bishop against the devil. Everything has gone external. Religion. Are you still there with me? You talk of revival, for instance. Where men are sovereignly caught up, God picked up men, produced heavenly revival, and the glory of God on the face of the earth. The power of God begins to move. Once man comes in to eat, everything is dead. Praise the living God. So we've forsaken the protection that comes from the Spirit of God. I used to enjoy something. It's still John chapter 7. Now, they told Jesus, they told Jesus, you go to Jerusalem, you can't be performing these miracles here. Jesus said, it's not yet time for me to go. And there comes a time when they wanted to trim up the cliff because he said, he's the Son of God. How I many of you remember that? The Bible says he walked between them and he left. How did he do that? He never used martial art to defend himself. How did he walk through the midst of the people? They couldn't see him. They couldn't arrest him. They could do nothing. He has spiritual self-defense. That's the way man was supposed to live. You have to understand that everything Jesus did is just, he only came to give us an example of who a child of God was supposed to be. Hallelujah. 
We've made the spirit so useless that we've reduced the power of the spirit to charismatic jamborees and whatever. I can't know how to describe it. Hallelujah. Hmm. Out there in King's world, you must have the brass and iron implement of Jubakim to have this kind of organizations, denominations, fellowship, coverings, creed, rules, name it. All of these things. Even lawsuits. Even lawsuits is still in this category. Why did I say that? Because you go to law to defend yourself. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? I mean, Paul said that. How many of you understand? He said it clearly that don't you know that the saints are judge the world? How much more things that pertain to this world? Don't you know the saints are judge angels? How dare one of you have a case with one another that you go to law to the unbeliever to decide your case? Why do you go to the law court? You want to defend yourself. Juba came. Hallelujah. Look at what me, Psalm 89. Look at verse 15. Hallelujah. Psalm 89, verse 15. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Blessed are the people. Other turns up. Envy, to be envied, blessed and happy, to be envied. As such people who know the joyful sound. Glory to God. These people shall walk, O oh Lord, in the light of the countenance. We are not going to be outside of His presence. We walk in His presence. Hallelujah. Verse 16. In the name shall they rejoice all the day. Praise God. And in the righteousness shall they be what? Exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength. And in thy favor, our horn shall be what? Exalted. Horn speaks of power. Horn speaks of dominion. Horn speaks of authority. He is our strength. He is our defense. We are moving away from the spirit of Jubakim. Into the reality of what we're supposed to be. Are you still there with me? For the Lord is our defense. Praise God. The Holy One of Israel is what? Our King. Amen. Now let me give you a simple illustration of what we're supposed to be. If we truly have come to the place of walking in the Spirit of God. This is why, you see, we, we, we must come to the place where fear has to get out of your life if you are truly a child of God and you are living by the Spirit of the living God. Fear must get out of your life. You walk with the reality of God's Spirit. You are an interface person. You walk in the natural, you walk in the Spirit. You partake in fellowship over there, you partake in fellowship right here. Glory to God. In matter of fact, it's what you see on the other side that you exhibit on this side. That's the interface man. That's the way Adam was. Second King chapter 6. Let me give you an example here. Verse number 8. Second King chapter 6 verse number 8. The Bible said, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with the servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. They want to camp against Israel now. The man of God sent Unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him off, and saved himself there, not once, not twice. He saved himself there, not once, not twice. Not that he went to battle, but he was able to avoid where there were traps. Because somebody saw what was to come. See, we have Boko Haram going on. It challenges me most times, not you, but me. 
How come we do not have people who can tell our military men, don't go there, don't go here, for Boko Haram's are there. This is what we are seeing here. And even you still refer to that one that is an old, old Testament, you are in the New Testament, and yet you have no clue as what is happening in your nation. Hallelujah. We are all here. Before COVID-19 is killing everyone in this world. I've never seen one prophet who ever, before time, made a statement and said, such a date, such a month, there is going to be a pandemic on the earth. Christian, prepare yourself. I never heard that. Yet, the Old Testament is old. You are in a new covenant. You have a better covenant. And yet you see nothing that is happening on the face of the earth. No clue. I'm talking of being in the presence of God. Having the fullness of joy. Having your defense from the presence of God. Verse 11 says, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servant and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, he feels one of his soldiers is betraying him. One of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tell the king of Israel the words that are speaking in thy bedchamber, in your room, your desire, your talk is known to another man in another land, and he reveals it to his army. And yet, the new covenant is better than the old. Show me one thing that any of all of us called prophet have ever spoken in relation to our nation. Where are the prophets of the nations? It's not about shouting it. It's not about saying it. <laughs> I was reading something recently. Our late Benson in the house when there was supposed to be a contest of witches and wizards in Benin City in the 70s. And he told the man, that said, there are not going to be anyone. In fact, they had a conference, a television show, between the man and, the, and himself. The man said, we're going to hold a conference. He said, you are not holding a conference in this city, unless I'm not here. And the next thing he said, I'm giving you five minutes to either say you are not a witch or you are going to die. Because my Bible says, witch must not suffer to live. So I am going to kill you now. Because that is what the Bible says. <laughs> and the man said, um, I said, are you a witch? <laughs> I am not a witch. How <laughs> you get what I am talking about? And then the next day he drove to Lagos. To meet, I think about whoever was in power. But I forgot who was in power at that time. He went to the man and said, What happened? He said, yes. I, I got when you said witches not come to this country, so I spoke out to the embassy not to give a visa to anybody traveling to Nigeria. I mean, that's how powerful it was. He went there to John Dabarak said, what did you do? So I told all my embassies not to give visa to anybody traveling to Nigeria within this period. That's how to be a child of God. And that's what we see here. They want to come and fight with Israel. And this man, everything the other king says, even what he thinks within his heart, is factored here. And he tells them, don't go there, don't go here. So, in the true sense, the warfare of Israel was fought in the hand of Elijah. Where are the, where are the prophets? Let's stop all this noise we are making. We haven't seen the reality of the gospel. I swap is coming. ISIS is doing this. Al Shabaab is doing this. And we're still making noise all over the place. We are Christians. What have we ever told our people? As touching those walls. Hallelujah. Do we still have some time? I'm just trying to say we're finding God outside of the things of this world. But let me tell you something. All of those things, for instance, the microphone I'm using, all of those things you're talking about, they are not necessarily evil. 
They are just not of the spirit of God. So they are of the world. Did you get that? <laughs> so, we just find a civilization that produces men outside of God. You can find it. Our economic, our politics, everything. We've left the presence of God. We are working by a human philosophy. Every day we develop new economic policy to see if the economy will float. Think about that. Every day we think about what are we going to do to defend ourselves. Now here in Nigeria, all manner of thoughts coming in. Boko Haram is coming to the south. This one is doing that. But nobody has a word to say. This is what the Lord told me. This is what I've seen. Nobody. Hallelujah. We must go back to that which I refer to as the fullness of God's presence. And so, let me give you this final scripture. Time is up. This is where we are right now. Acts chapter 15, I want to show you something. Acts 15 verse 12. Hallelujah. We must come back to where God will possess us. And we will possess God. We must come back to where God will truly be our defense. Hallelujah. Are we still here? Praise the living God. Acts 15 verse 12. The Bible says, Then all the multitude kept silent. Now, this is when they were trying to find out whether the, you know, there were some people trying to say the Gentiles have to observe the Jewish rituals to be able to be Christians or whatever. So they went to the council in Jerusalem. And then this is what came forth. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God have wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after that he held their peace, James answering said, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon had declared how God at the falls did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. Out of them. Not the full of them. Or the fullness of them. And that tells you that God is not saving the whole world now. This may not go well with a lot of people. But the truth is this. God is saving a people who shall be saviors. That's why the resurrection, Christ forth, did all Christ, and then the end. Amen? Verse 15. And to this agree the words of the prophet. He's quoting Amos now. As it is written, After this I will return, and I will build again the tabernacle of David, which is falling down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. That is Amos 9, 11 to 12. Now, what is the tabernacle of David? In many times they told me the tabernacle of David means music. Because David was a harpist playing harp or, you know, Saul and singing all the good sounds and the fans taking care of the sheep or whatever. So, tabernacle of David means music. No. I said no. This is tabernacle or tent as it were. Moses had a tabernacle. David had a tabernacle. So if you say, tabernacle of David is music, what was the tabernacle of Moses? Swimming across Red Sea? You see that? Moses had a tabernacle. David had a tabernacle. Now the point is this. The tabernacle of David was simple. Remember Solomon had a tabernacle. Right? Good. So, the tabernacle of Moses and that of Solomon, they have the dividing line, the Gentiles and the holy and the most holy place. Only the high priest can go in there. But when David built his tabernacle in Mount Zion, there was no partition. You stand there, you will see the ark over there. And he was the king. And he could worship before the ark. God did not kill him. But that was the role of the priest. So he was a king priest. So the tabernacle of David is simply the Melchizedek order. Of the priest and kingly people. Not music. Did you understand this? Are you there with me? Why is he raising up the tabernacle of David? Verse 17 says. That the residue of men. 
might do was seek after the Lord. And all the Gentiles, about whom my name is called, here the Lord, who dwelleth, I mean, dwell all these things, known unto God are all his way from the beginning of the world. Can we take it from another translation in a very simple way? That the residue of men might seek. That's why he's doing this. He's raising a people that men will look unto and towards to find answers to their problems. At 15, do you have another translation? Otherwise, we just read the final scripture here and we're gone. Do you have it? Okay, take time to read at 15. Read from verse number 12 and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. So go now to Ephesians 2 verse number 5. The Bible says, Even when we were dead in sin, how quicken us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and have raised us up together, and made us sick together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That, follow this, that what? In the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through who? Christ Jesus. In the ages to come. Hallelujah. That's how he's raising the people now. So it's not everybody. So there's the people that God is raising now, returning back to God, connecting back to his presence, to his spirit, so that in the ages to come, through us, he might show forth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you follow that? This is the only reason. This is the only reason why this residue of men are being raised. So all over the world, God is picking people and training them behind the scene. It's getting religion out of them. It's getting them into the spirit. It's getting them into his presence. He's bringing them back to himself. They come to the original thing that God intended. That through these people, Let's read it again. Go back to the first verse that we just read. Go back to verse number 5. Look at it. Verse number 5. It says, Even when we were... Now, I think we just go back and read from verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. That makes it very interesting. And ye had a quicken who were dead in trespasses and sins... Where in time past he walked according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit and our walk and the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation, that's our lifestyle, in time past, in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and where by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, everyone say, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love. Where we to love us. Even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means there's a place we are right now. And it's called the heavenly places. A realm in the spirit. No, we should be operating from that dimension. We should be living from that dimension. Like I always say, when you smile, smile at somebody from the heavenly places. Are you sitting there with me? All things have been done from the spirit realm. A new perspective, a new people, a new life. No more with the spirit of Cain. No more with the spirit of Juba Cain. No more with the spirit of Jabal. No. We moved on into something. Sitting together with him, we are in heavenly places. What's the next thing? That in the ages to come, these people they have raised, these people they have trained, the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. Through who? Christ Jesus. Let me show you one thing here. While it is so clear that a people are going to rule and reign tomorrow, one thing qualifies you to join these people. Spirit of mercy. If you don't have mercy in your heart, forget being part of this. For by grace were you saved. Where the kindness of God was revealed towards us. It's not because of what we've done, that's why God called us. 
If you are not qualified, I mean, if you have to be qualified to be among these people, one of the things that will always walk through your spirit is the spirit of mercy. Ability to forgive people. Because you are in a place of authority. How many of you understand? It took the lamb to open the book. Not the lion. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? The people that God is going to use tomorrow are men who are full of mercy, who have come to recognize we are saved not because of our works, but by His grace. That in the ages to come, we are going to show the same mercy, the same grace to people to bring them back to God. That they might walk in the light with which we are supposed to be walking now, which is in the heavenly places. More people are going to come, but God is preparing the people to bring those people so that the residues of men might seek after the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.